We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. You are listening to The Uncontested an Oklahoma City Thunder and NBA podcast featuring Jacob. All you haters come at me. Taylor. You're a step past a hater like I'm Rondo. Upgrade your baby mama to a condo. Nick. I really wouldn't mind taking a flyer on Swaggy Pete. Kamiar. I just got done taking a nap. And Justin. I'm too fast. What's up? We got the whole team here today, minus Justin. He's probably doing something with his kids. I don't know. Uh, but thanks for joining us. Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, anywhere you listen to your podcast. Make sure you subscribe. Uh, go and hit that five-star rating button, too, because that would be very nice. It would make me happy. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at the uncontested, the underscore uncontested. I keep messing up the Twitter handle. Stop messing I bet up like 100 handle. people have tried to follow us, but they can't find <laughs> they it because I mess it. up. The Twitter handle. I'm talking into two microphones right now. I don't know why he's doing that. Um, <laughs> Taylor, what's up? How are you? I'm doing good. Taylor uh, made us wait. Waiting for me. Everybody. Like an hour. Made him wait like an hour, but they waited for me. It was so sweet of them, yeah. and they just kind of hung out and talked Game of Thrones for like 45 minutes. Yeah, we also, also, I'm making Nick stay, stay up late because he, he has to work early tomorrow, and uh, I'm making him stay up an hour later. Sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, Nick, no, how are you? It's, it's Friday. I'm I'm good. I'm actually it's not Friday. Uh, heading out early or early-ish from work tomorrow to go to Stillwater to watch my sister graduate. So that'll be oh, a nice little change of scenery. I was about to that's move, cool. but then you said it was like an accomplishment, so that's okay. That's exciting. Uh, call me R. Doing all right? Uh, I mean, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah? I'm just really tired. Same. It's almost the end of the school year for us. It's uh, It's almost hibernation season. Grind time. The grind time is almost over. All right. Well, today we are going to break down. This podcast is all about free agency for the Thunder. Uh, we're going to get, I know the draft is sooner than free agency, but we're going to take a deep dive into the draft in the coming weeks. 
We're working on securing some guests to come on who cover the draft. Uh, so, so we'll dive into that uh, extensively soon. But we wanted to talk about the free agent uh, class this summer and who the Thunder might be able to target as another wing that they could pick up in free agency. So, guys, I guess first off, let's talk about the the Thunder's free agents that are coming up. Um, but before we get into that, the Thunder really have, uh, unless drastic, drastic changes occur, uh, which I don't think any of us believe will happen, the Thunder are going to be over the salary cap. They will not have money to spend on free agents. There's only two ways they can sign players. Number one is they can use their mid-level exception. Uh, that exception is worth $5.7 million. So they can either use all of that on one player or they can split it up amongst multiple players. They can also sign players to the veteran minimum. There is no limit on how many players they can sign to the veteran minimum, whereas the mid-level exception, once you've used that $5.7 million, it's done. It's like you have that pool, and once you spend it, it's over. They can sign as many guys to the veteran middle min, veteran minimum. Sorry, uh, as as Talking possible. Talking is hard. Yes. <laughs> um, so I guess first off, do now you say guys it ten times fast? Do you guys foresee <laughs> any any scenario in which the Thunder trades away enough salary to get below the cap? No, 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 no. Nah. They'll be paying the luxury nah. tax and tax next season. I totally agree. Brody agrees. So <laughs> the Thunder have three, possibly four players on the roster that are going into free agency this summer. Those players would be Raymond Felton. He is for sure going into free agency. Uh, Nerland's He's for no- sure coming back. Nerland's Noel has a player option for the veteran minimum that he can pick up and come back to Oklahoma City, mm. or he can go to the to the open market. Uh, of you guys, do any of you think that Nerlens stays picks up that option and stays with the team? It depends on what happens with Steven Adams. Okay. Taylor, Nick? I, I'm i kind of torn, and, and I've, I actually wrote an article about this a while back. It's going to depend like what kind of guy he is and what he wants to do going forward. If he wants to play for a contender where he knows he fits i think he certainly would opt in and and play another year here but if he's a guy that is going to take a risk on himself and go somewhere else and make some money and you know risk the fact that he may not fit in and have another situation like he did in dallas or philadelphia and just to get paid um he may do that too so it kind of just depends on you know where his head's at I, I, i could see both ways and i wouldn't be surprised either way taylor I yeah, I mean I, I think Nerlens is a really tough one to kind of gauge because it it all depends on what these guys are getting on the the market this summer. If these centers are coming in and getting big paydays and there's a lot of teams with a bunch of cap space or it you know they're signing wings and cuz it's all about the small ball lineups, you know, we've been seeing that in the playoffs recently these uh, especially in the second round. So if we see teams kind of going towards that and there aren't many centers being signed, then I think it'd be kind of likely that Nerland stays because it's such a great situation. He kind of forced to an extent, um, found his role, and continued to improve. But again, if there's just teams with a ton of cap space and they're just trying, you know, somebody's desperate for a center, like say Golden State, um, kind of gets the leftover centers or whatever, they, they may throw some some money at Nerland's and, and grab him. Just a team like that. So I, I think it really depends to kind of test the waters this summer and see what these centers are getting on the, the open market. For sure. My, my thought with Nerland's has always been, 
if he opts out, he can still come back to Oklahoma City. But if he opts out, the very worst contract he can get is the same he would be making if he opted in. You know, because if he opts in, he's just opting That's in a really for the good minimum. Point. So to me, looking at Nerlens, there there is no incentive for him to opt into that contract. Uh, it makes almost zero sense to me. Um, he can go into the open market, have all of these options, and if he chooses to stay with Oklahoma City, he would still be making the same amount of money as he would if he opted in. So I feel like opting in uh, just very very much limits his his possibilities. So I think Nerlens opts out. But I don't know if he if he's still in Oklahoma City or not. Uh, the third of the four players that will be free agents for Oklahoma City, uh, Markeith Morris. Some some interesting thoughts, some interesting feelings about Markeith. But if the Thunder could get Markeith Morris back in Oklahoma City um, for the mid level exception or less. Do, do how how do you guys like the fits? How do you how do you think that would work? Would is do you think there's any interest on Markeith's side to to come back, especially after his exit interview? Um, Taylor, I'll start with you on this one. What what are kind of your thoughts on on I, Keith moving into the summer? I love the fit, um, and I know he didn't necessarily have the best run with us. Uh, I think you kind of have to take that with a grain of salt, though. I know we've talked about this a little bit because you know he came in um, after. Uh, was the free agency signing period um, didn't have a lot of time to kind of get acquainted and kind of find his role. But I talked a little bit about the small ball lineups and that is one lineup that I really would have liked to see Billy use a little more uh, when we had Keith. And so if Keith decided to stay and the Thunder are able to promise him a lot more playing time, like for example, say, you know, Hey, we're going to get rid of Patrick Patterson. You're going to be our primary backup four. We're going to try and play you some at center as well. You know, you could be our seventh man. Um, I could see where he does stay and I would like to see that now. Will he maybe not? Because like I said, you know, we've talked a little bit about the summer, this free agency, uh, a lot of teams are going to have money and are going to be able to give some bigger contracts, especially with the salary cap going up. So it'll be interesting to see. I, I think it all kind of depends what other teams value Keith as. And if we can persuade him that he's going to get more playing time. Very good. But uh, I'd, I'd like to see him. Nick, do you have a differing opinion on that? No, I I mean, he's a guy that, you know, we don't really have a grasp on, you know, his mindset because he hasn't been here for very long. But I do kind of have a sidetracking question for you guys on this um, as far as fit goes. You know, to start the year, we had Patrick Patterson starting at the four and had Jeremy coming off the bench. If the Thunder promised, not that his minutes would change a whole lot, but... Keith could start at the four and bring Jeremy off the bench. Do you guys like that fit or do you hate that fit? I would, if I had to choose like or hate, I'm going hate. Me too. Same. I like Jeremy's fit with the starters a lot more. And I think that's kind of helped him flourish. And that's kind of why we saw him uh, partially why we saw him take a big step this past season. Call me or do you have any, any feeling on, on Markeith Morris and coming back to Oklahoma city? I mean, I don't know. I, I we like the idea, and maybe it was a, maybe it was it was the idea that he could stretch the floor and get buckets. And but once he showed up in OKC, you realize, okay, whoa, wait, because 
he's not Marcus Morris. He's not. He doesn't have the same body type or composition. He's thicker. He's slower, uh, especially on defense. And so, like, he could play a small ball five. Um, and it, maybe it was just the way the Thunder didn't use him, as his brother complained about in an article. Uh, but I, 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 I really don't know. Like, honestly, there were some, there were some moments where I would rather have Patrick Patterson out there, like. If Keith wasn't making buckets, he was also cratering on the defensive end, and that could be continuity as far as the team. That could be something that could be hashed out in training camp in preseason. But at least Patrick Patterson would always try to play defense and move the ball, which is something Keith wouldn't do. Keith would actually go and get his when he felt like it was necessary. I I, I agree a lot with that. Um, I also wonder how much the the offensive issues with Keith uh, were just from uh, lack of shots and lack of touches. You know, his his career has kind of been defined as, as he's more of a volume guy. I think, and, and I think I've voiced this on our podcast before, I think the, the interesting thing with Markeith Morris is if Nerlens leaves the Thunder in free agency and the Thunder can offer their mid-level exception to Keith and say, hey, Adams is our starting center, Grant is our starting power forward, but you are the backup, quote-unquote, big Right, you're going to play backup four and backup five. You're going to share the court pretty much all the time with either Steven or Jeremy. Um, you're going to play some center. You're going to play some power forward, but you're going to you're going to absorb both of those backup front court minutes. So you're probably looking at twenty to twenty five minutes a night, um, but but you're not stuck in just a power forward position or just a center position. We we want to play you at both spots. Kind of like what they did with Jeremy Grant in 2017, 2018. That is when yep. I think the Markeith Morris thing starts to become interesting. I love that idea. 100%. So, okay. Uh, we've already mentioned him a few times. The fourth player who could possibly be a free agent for the Thunder this year, he has a player option, is Patrick Patterson. Uh, first off, do you guys think he picks up the player option? Um, and uh, uh, what? how do you see the Patrick Patterson summer unfolding. I definitely think he picks up that player option. I mean, that's probably the most he's going to get. He, he, he would probably just get the better minimum if he went, uh, tried to go to another team. But kind of like we talked about, I think after exit interviews, uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see them try and, and trade Patterson, uh, attaching something to him. It's yeah, going to be interesting. If he to see. In. Yeah. It's going to be going to be interesting to see what Presley has planned. You guys want to hear an interesting stat about Patrick Patterson and his three-point ball? Yes. I'm ready. Yeah. From the left corner, he shot 41% from three. That's pretty good. From the right corner, he shot 27% from three. Oh, my gosh. Never let him go to the right side <laughs> of the court ever. Yeah. Unless you're the defense. <laughs> They'd force yeah. him right every time. So it's, it's That's crazy. Patrick, yeah. So I think, I mean, how much confidence does Pat have after as soon as Keith came and – Keith had not had any practice time with the team, and all of a sudden Billy's like, "Yeah, Pat, you're sitting down for the rest of the year." Yeah, no, I agree. It's <laughs> like, like your confidence you has to be shot, you know. Like you're gonna put Nader out there instead of Patrick Patterson. Yep, I think it says a lot, you know. And and obviously we don't know what happens behind closed doors and whatnot, but uh, I agree. I think it says a lot. Um, like, I, I I'm with Taylor on this. <clears throat> I think Patterson opts in because of the money aspect. He's not gonna get more money anywhere else. Uh, if he does opt in, though, I feel very confident that the Thunder try to trade him. Uh, either his contract can be salary filler for a bigger trade, 
or if the Thunder are able to somehow take advantage of, of their traded player exception, that $10.9 million, uh, and they tack on that salary without sending anything out, then maybe you see Patterson get traded out plus an asset uh, into somebody's cap space just to to clear the books, right? Because then effectively that, that traded player exception uh, net value was only adding $5 million to your books instead of 10 you know? That's uh, that's the only thing I can see. Nick, you have any opinion on Patrick Patterson either way? Yeah, so I initially I was going to say I'm the exact opposite of you guys. I don't think he's going to opt in. I feel that he's pretty unhappy. You know, he didn't have a huge Why is he unhappy? Have you, ever, have you seen his wife? I mean, that's, <laughs> that's off really the nice. court. That's off the court. But I was going to say I, I completely disagree. And he's going to opt out, you know, at this point in his career. Um, even if he does get less, I feel like he just wants to play basketball, which didn't happen towards the end of last year. But you, you bring up a great point. You know, it's one of those things that whenever him and his agent are talking about picking it up or or not, if the Thunder say, hey, you know, you can opt in and, and get this money and we'll, we'll work on a trade for you and get you on a team that you can get some minutes. You know, I think that's definitely a, a very um, big possibility. So I, I think if he does opt in, it, it's something that goes along those lines where the Thunder are going to try to trade him. But if the Thunder are like, hey, you opt in, you play for us, or you opt out and you go somewhere else, I feel like he's going to opt out. Interesting. All right, let's um, let's move on to players that will be available this summer. So, again, this podcast, we're strictly going to talk about wings um, we have a long list here, so guys, what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to list a player. Um, we'll talk about them for 60 seconds or so. 60 seconds or so, and then we'll say it, whether we think they're a good fit in Oklahoma City or not. Um, well, we can maybe throw out some stats, just discuss what what their fit is, and if they if we think so. This list isn't the comprehensive list of the league on who is going to be a free agent. This, these are just guys that we thought would be available for the mid-level, okay. uh, which, again, is $5.7 million. So uh, you guys ready? I'm just going to burn down the list. Let's start with the first guy, number one, Vince Carter. Fun fact, Vince Carter was my favorite player uh, when I started rec basketball in, like, third grade. <laughs> so that's why I've always have stuck with the number 15. Nice. I didn't know that. <laughs> Vince Carter, a 37% three-point shooter, shot 39% this last season on over four attempts a game. Uh, he's also almost as old as my dad. He also shot 44 and 49% from the corners. Oh, that's really nice. Just, just saying. Um, I think this is interesting. He wouldn't get a lot of burn. I don't think he would get playoff burn. He's a defensive liability. He's old, man. Yeah, exactly. Um, Bark. He he almost has to play exclusively like the three and the four now, right? Because there's no way he can move quick enough to to play the two. Uh, but it's interesting. How do you guys how do you guys feel about this? No. If Vince were no. to to want the the veteran minimum, uh, do you pick him up? No, I'd say no. Also, I mean, I, I like the, the veteran locker room it, it presence depends. that he brings, but that's if Raymond Felton is still there. That's fair. No. If that's that's exactly what I was going to yeah. say. I was going to say if we didn't have Ray, you know, for sure we need a guy like that. But at the same time, you know, we're a team that has 
seasoned players like Russ is is a vet, like for sure. Like he's a guy in the locker room that I think, you know, can have just as much of an impact that Vince can. If 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 we were the Denver Nuggets, I think a guy like Vince Carter would be huge. You know, a, a young team with the bud, the entire team is young. They don't have a whole lot of playoff experience, that kind of thing. I think that a team like that could definitely benefit from a guy like him. But when you have Russell Westbrook, Raymond Felton, these guys that are influential in the locker room in a positive way, I don't think a guy like him is going to be all that beneficial in the locker room. It would be something where unless he can contribute on the court, there's not really a, a huge need for him. I'm with you. Uh, so consensus, we're saying no on Vince Carter. Is that accurate? No, we don't want him. He's old. I'm with you. We're against old people on the podcast. You guys ready for <laughs> uh, ready for the second player on the list? Yes. <laughs> if you don't yep. like old people, just get ready, buddy. Uh, next, I have Damari Carroll. No. Uh, 6'8", 215 pounds. I uh, can play the three and the four. No. He is going to be 33 whenever next season begins. No. He shoots a career 36% from three uh, on three attempts a game for his career, nine points. And from the corners, he's not awful. He's a 39% corner three-point shooter. Where are you getting that stat, buddy? The basketball reference? I'm just looking at this past season, and he shot 29% and 43%. Yeah, so, sorry, for his career from the corners, he shoots 39%. Last year, he shot 36% from the corners. Yes. Uh, he's a, he, sorry, go ahead. He's a guy that intrigues me. Like if, if it comes down to we sign him or we sign nobody, like he's definitely a yeah. guy that I, that I would take. He's, yeah. he's not going to be a negative guy. There's definitely better guys out there. But when it comes to picking a guy, I think he's definitely someone that I would not be angry if the Thunder signed him. Remember when people thought he was like the same player as Jay Crowder and that they're both basically had the same talents and then Jay Crowder continued to have a decent career and Damari Carroll just fell off the face of the earth in yeah. Toronto. I'm I feel a, like that's more of a, it's more of a fit thing though. I'm I'm not a I'm I'm not in favor of Damari Carroll. If it's a veteran minimum, sure. Uh I would not want to dip into the taxpayer MLE uh to sign Damari Carroll and I think somebody will. And so I, I yeah. hope it is not the Thunder. I yeah, I agree. And so, any other thoughts on Damari Carroll before we move on to our next guy? He's not a bad option if there's nobody else. You'd take him over Vince Carter? Ooh. I would. I'd take him over Vince Carter if there's Ray still on the team. If Ray's on the team, I'd take Vince Carter. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. Okay, our next guy. I'm telling you, I'm into old guys. That's Without context, <laughs> that sounds really <laughs> no, weird. No. a little creepy. He said it and he meant it. I hate you. <laughs> or should it be? Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's correct. Our next guy <laughs> is Jared Dudley. He will be 34 Dudley. years old at the start of the next season. Uh, Jared Dudley, a career 39% three-point shooter. Uh, career from the corners, he shoots 41%. That's pretty good. Shot, holy shit. He shot 45% from the corners this past season, 47% from the corner the season before. It's that old man game. Hell no, I don't want I'm him. curious what that looked like in the playoffs, but too, you know, he had a pretty good first round. It's funny because, like, they asked – you guys saw it on Twitter, and I, I was one like, retweeted. It's like, you know what the Thunder need? 
They should design some vets that play smart. And he might as well have been like, you know what else they need? Jared Dudley. Yeah, he's, like, <laughs> he's basically trying to throw his hat in the ring, you know? Yeah, but like, out of all the previous guys, I'm going to be honest with you. If OKC needs shooters and vets, Jared Dudley's not a bad option. Now It kind of makes sense. He's a crater on defense, and he's going to like body people yeah. and apparently throw punches at Joel Embiid and... and uh, I'm just saying, is that a bad thing? Who's in Ben Simmons? Is that a bad thing? uh, Like, they need a little edge. He can't keep up with the pace. Yeah, I know. He he's a little chubby. He's fatter than Mello. Is he fatter than Ray? He is fat. (laughs) He's also already looking into like getting into the analysts. I almost I almost compared him to. (laughs) I almost compared (laughs) him to somebody in the media. Um. But uh, like, um, <laughs> I know where that was going. He just looks Dude. like a tub of glue. Yeah, just run with a headband on. Uh, any other opinions on Jared Dudley? He's a good shooter. No, we sh- we should move on. Okay, okay. <laughs> so hey, I kind of like what we're doing here. So out of the, the t- these top three, Carter, Carol, Dudley, uh, if all three are oh, available God. to you, which one do you want? That's a good Carol. question. Really, Carol. Carol's Carol. A, Carol's a much better defender. He's inconsistent. That's what from, I was gonna say. He's, he's inconsistent shooting. What's make what makes OKC special is their defense, but what makes them crater is their inability to shoot because of the defense packing the paint on Russ and Steve every time. So I'd take Dudley's just strictly from his corner production. I think I might take Dudley too. All right, let's go to a younger guy, a guy that I don't think is going to be available for the price range the Thunder can spend yeah, on free no agents. Way. Uh, I think he's going to get a lot more than that, but I wanted to throw his name out there. Good job, Rusty. Uh, uh, former Thunder player, Jeremy Emmanuel Lamb. I didn't know that was his middle name. I just saw it on Basketball Reference. Jeremy Lamb, he will be 27 at the start of next season. Uh, 6'5", 185 pounds. So he's about the same size as Terrence Ferguson, just a he's little bit 20, shorter. He's going to be 27. He's, gonna, he's 26 years, 344 so days right now. Presty gave up on him like when he was like 23? I guess so. That's great. Yeah, he's pretty uh, young. Thanks, Sam. Jeremy Lamb is a career 34% three-point shooter. And from the corners, I feel like from the corners is like a really important stat for the Thunder, yeah, right? Yeah. From the corners, much so. uh, he is a 37% three-point shooter. Although... What about this past season? The past two seasons. Two seasons ago, he was a 43% shooter from the corner. Last season, a staggering 54% See, from the corners. That's what I'm saying. That's you know, crazy. His game has progressed, and when he gets wide open shots. Yep. The only thing that concerns me about that is last season, he shot 54% from the corners, but only 15% of all of his three-pointers came from the corners. Okay, well, in OKC's offense, he'd be like a spot-up shooter. So yeah. it depends on if he'd he would... He'd be camped out in the corner, kind of like Ferguson sometimes. It would depend on what he wants his game to be, because if he wants his game to be, oh, I'm just going to stand in the corner, basically, and draw the defense and get easy buckets... That's one thing, but he seems like the type of guy that wants the ball in his hands to get mid-range shots and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm with you. Do do any of you guys think there's any chance that Jeremy Lamb goes for the taxpayer mid-level? Hell no. I don't think not so. Not a chance. Nope. So it's not even not even a, a point to discuss him uh, any longer. That's just that one's not going to happen. This next one, I feel like we're all going to have the same opinion on. No. But no, it's a no. <laughs> hey, he's only going to be 26 whenever the next season starts. Don't uh, Nick Stauskas. Stauskas? Stauskas. Stauskas. Nicholas Thomas Stauskas. No. Uh, he will be 26 years old. He's 6'6", 205 pounds. He is a career 35% shooter from three this past season with Cleveland. He shot 43% from three. 
And from the corners, he's a career 38% three-point shooter. Don't How do you guys feel about uh, Nick Stauskas? We already heard so, Komiar's he opinion. A, he has, <laughs> no. He has a pretty cool nickname. Stauskasio. Yep. Um, here's the thing with Nick. I mean, obviously, he can catch fire occasionally. He's kind of like a poor man's J.R. Smith in a way. You know, you know the like Kings took have, him eighth overall. Yeah. Like, you Dang. know, he uh, he can get hot from outside, but... I don't know. He's just not very consistent. He doesn't play super great defense. I I mean, he doesn't get me excited, I don't think. Yeah, I'm with you. Nick, do you have an opinion on him? I forgot he got traded to Cleveland. or Did he get bought out and then picked up by Cleveland? Which one? I can't remember. I think he got traded to Cleveland or they picked. I can't remember. I think he's with Cleveland all year, either. though. I can't okay. remember 100%. But Nick, do you have any opinion on Stauskas? I would take Stauskas. I mean, he... I mean... How different is he from Abrinas? I think Abrinas was a little more athletic. You know, he could at least put the ball on the floor to an extent. <laughs> um, could play a little bit above the rim where I don't feel like Nick can really do that at all. I think he just kind of runs around the outside of the perimeter. Um, but, I mean, from a shooting standpoint, he's not much different at all. He's yeah. definitely going to knock down out, uh, open outside shots. Yeah, I mean, that's another guy I wouldn't be angry if they signed if, but if but if he was the only guy we could pick up it, he's better than nobody you know yeah all right next guy on the list um a guy that the thunder pursued in the buyout market ended up in detroit wayne ellington he will be 32 years old at the start of the next season he's 6'5 200 pounds can probably only play exclusively at shooting guard uh, Ellington is a career 38% three-point shooter. And off the corners, he is a career 42% three-point shooter, which is it's pretty nice. Um, how do you guys feel about Wayne Ellington? I think he's, again, he's his calling card is just shooting the ball really well in that he's not that great on defense, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and right. That's, that's, that's the issue that we're facing. Uh, but like OKC needs shooters so bad, and they need veterans so bad. And Wayne Ellington is something that OKC, uh, you know, they looked into and would pursue uh, during the season, and it just didn't happen. You know, uh, so I mean, of course you'd like him on the team, but I, I don't know if OKC would be able to entice him with the MLE. You think he'll yeah, go for I mean, over the MLE on the open market? I think he'll be around somewhere there, somewhere in there. He's a he's a guy that. He's a good shooter, but he he's kind, he, kind of like Russ. He needs a lot of shots to score, which is kind of deceiving because a lot of people look at him just like as a sniper. So he averaged 12 points a game for the Pistons this year, but that was on 10 shots a game, and he's not getting 10 shots a game with the Thunder. Yeah, I yeah. agree with that. I agree 77% of his shots with the Pistons was from the three point line. So obviously he just kind of fires away, which is good. I mean, it's kind of something his team needs, but we also look at guys that have played under Billy in the past and if they don't play defense or don't play great effort. And their name's not Russell Westbrook. I should say, um, they typically kind of get buried down on the bench. Um, TLC was one of those guys that some people kind of theorize that that was why he didn't get a lot of playing time when he was still here. Abrinas was one of those guys up until last season when he, uh, when Billy started to trust him more. So that concerns me just from a Billy standpoint. I don't know if he fits what Billy kind of wants, but I'm with Kamiar. I mean, it would be really, really nice to have a guy who's not afraid to shoot from outside like that. 
Uh, so so out of out of the ones we've talked about so far, Carter, Carroll, Dudley, we're gonna skip Lamb, Stauskas, and Ellington. If you if you have to choose one of those guys for the MLE, um, who are you taking? Or I guess obviously Carter and Car- and Dudley would be mid or not the middle level, but um, but the veteran minimum. Uh, but of those guys, which one which one do you guys like so far the most? The one that fits most with the pace and space thing OKC wants in the seven seconds is uh, Wayne Ellington. The style of play is pace and space in seven seconds. You get a good shot off. Wayne Ellington's that guy that's going to run with the team. I, I like Wayne, I too. Yep. All right, let's move on to the next guy, former Oklahoma City Thunder player uh, for a very short stint, um, 30 games to be exact. Ish Smith, point guard from Detroit, will be a free agent this summer. Uh, he will be 31 years old at the beginning of the next season, Six foot, 175 pounds. There's no way he can play any other position but the one. Uh, he is not a great three-point shooter. Uh, for his career, he shoots 31% from the corners. He shoots, let me get down there real quick, uh, 33%. Uh, he is a guy that needs the ball in his hands. My thing on Ish Smith is if Dennis Schroeder is still on this team, there is no way Ish Smith is on this team. The only way Ish is on the team is if Schroeder somehow gets traded and the Thunder need to pick up a backup point guard. Anyone have any differing opinions on that? No, I mean, you're, you're spot on on that. If, if Schroeder is still on this roster and if the Thunder are planning on him being on the roster and not trading him, there's literally no reason for him to be on this team. But yeah, I mean, if, if Schroeder's traded for a wing or for somebody else, then I will absolutely take him as a backup point guard. Anybody else? No, I, I agree with both of you. No, because I don't think he's going to be very good in OKC's style of play. I think I agree with you. Next guy, I uh, just watched him play last night. Uh, he filled the role of Kevin Durant whenever <laughs> Kevin Durant got injured. Y- Jonas? Yurepko. Yurepko. Uh, 6'10", 230-pound power forward. He will be thirty, like halfway through 32 years old whenever next season starts. Um, Jonas. The so- I like saying the soft J. I don't know. Jonas. Jonas, Jonas, Jonas. is a 36% three-point shooter on his career um, from the corners for his career. Uh, wow, interesting statistic. Besides his first year in the league and um, uh, 2014-15, this season with Golden State has been his worst shooting year from the corners uh but total for his career he's a 43 percent corner three-point shooter which is pretty good um Jonas Drebko could fit in that that role of backup power forward if Keith and and Patrick Patterson do not play that position uh how do you guys feel about that one he only so on his career he only averages uh 1.7 three-point attempts and also one point or sorry, uh, 3.3, two point attempts. He's not super high volume score or shooter. I should say, um, his percentages, I guess are fine, but I never have been super huge on Drepko. Yeah. I don't I don't know. Like, That's just me personally. I don't like your, I, he's, he's going to get abused at any moment when they play like anybody. <laughs> he's, he's so slender. Uh, if you throw like any sort of big at him, he's screwed. 
And I don't, I don't, I think the, the negatives outweigh the positives, especially, and I, I just don't, I just don't like him. I don't think he's a good fit. I, I kind of like him. Uh, he's a guy that does a lot with the minutes he's given. If you look at his, you know, per 100 possessions or his per 36 stats, he, he kind of does a lot with what he's given. Um, you know, for example, in Utah and Golden State the last two years, uh, per 100 possessions, he's averaging like 18 and a half points per game, you know, for, you know, to compare it to somebody, Patrick Patterson's at about 12. So I think he's an upgrade from Patrick Patterson uh, from that standpoint uh, on the offensive end, at least defensively. I don't, I don't know if he can do anything, but on the offensive end, he's definitely more efficient with the minutes he's given. Yeah. He only got five minutes last night, which is kind of crazy. Even with that KD injury, uh, basically Kevin Looney with 22 minutes and Sean Livingston with 13 are like basically the only two who got any significant minutes for Golden State off the bench. Yep, kind of ate up all that uh, all that time. The next three are Houston Rockets, currently Houston Rockets. That will be free agents this summer. Uh, so let's let's kind of go through all three of them together. The first is yes, Gerald yes, Green. Yes, yes. yes. Gerald I Green will like be Gerald almost Green. 34 years old at the beginning of next season. Don't care. Um, he is a career 36% three-point shooter. And from the corners, he shoots 39%. Um, He's 6'7", 205 pounds, so he's almost the exact build of Terrence Ferguson. He's like Corey Brewer, except he can dribble the ball and shoot threes. <laughs> That's so true. That's yeah. a really good comparison. Um, <laughs> but I, I would argue that Corey Brewer is uh, is a much better defender than Gerald Green. But at, Yes. Is Gerald Green passable defensively? Yeah, I think he's passable. I mean, yeah, I, he's too. Passable. as long as it doesn't get past his nub on one of his hands... <laughs> I forgot he's, he's got, got a, nine a nub. And a, he's got nine and a half fingers. Yeah, did I, you guys know that? If I could have nine and a half fingers and not. shoot like that, I uh, I might give up. It must suck to go bowling. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fun fact. Fun fact about Joe Green, non-related to how he could affect the Thunder. Uh, before he skipped college and went straight to the NBA. He was committed to Oklahoma State University and was going to be one of their oh, oh. biggest, one of their biggest um, prospects they've ever had. But he blew us off and went straight to the league. <laughs> when I think of that's, Oklahoma that's State basketball, I think of Marcus Smart getting into a fight with that old man at Texas Tech. Yeah, yeah, that Person- was kind of a low point. Personally, I kind of <laughs> wish Marcus Smart would have kicked his ass. Yeah, I wish he would have grabbed yeah. like Bobby Knight, grabbed a chair and like <laughs> WWE style, just like smack it over his head. I would have enjoyed that. Okay, this next Houston Rocket, <laughs> I think, is is an interesting God, one. Don't say his name three times. It's like Beetlejuice. Everybody wants him. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. <laughs> don't say um, Iman Shumpert. God, six five, two fifteen. He will be twenty nine years old at the beginning of next season. Uh, Shumpert shoots a career 34% from three. Uh, he was actually shooting uh, almost a career high. Only one season did he shoot better than uh, how he was shooting in Sacramento this season. Uh, Sacramento, he had five three attempts per game, shooting 36%. I think that number is inflated because he played Oklahoma City so much. Oh, <laughs> That's fan. So uh, with Houston, he is shooting 30% from three. No. Uh, and then from the corners, no. call me are so mad. I'm talking about this guy from the corners. He's a 36% three point shooter. The whole point of this team 
is that they already have enough internal development defensively. They need shooters. And this guy, like, he cool. Like, you made a rap album after you were on the Cavs and you won a, an NBA mm-hmm. Finals. But, like, the dude can't shoot. And I don't want him shooting the rock at all. Like, and like there's the problem is that they had too many defenders, and that's what he is. Is he just another defender? And I don't want him jacking up shots. I'm with you. I'm, I, I to me, yeah. Amon Shumpert is a not as good defensively and slightly better offensive Andre Robertson. Terrence Ferguson's going to be better and than Amon Shumpert next year. No, I would argue Terrence Ferguson is better than Amon Shumpert is, right now. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, uh, it's debatable. I mean, I will say he's a guy that for the past two trade deadlines, like us and a lot of Thunder fans talked about him being a potential trade target. Um, but seeing what he's done on the Rockets does not make me optimistic. I mean, he's had a couple good spurts this playoffs, but these playoffs, but um, I'm with you too. He's definitely not one of my top targets. Unless he brings the flat top back, then I might consider it. Yeah. You know, he delivered his own baby. In, in the bathroom Holy like crap. of his house. Like his, a stork, he flew over the house. That's like, crazy. Wife started having, like, started, no, not, not, was it in the house or in the car? Because I think they were on their way to the hospital oh, yeah, and the car the broke car. down or something. So he just delivered the baby. Nice. That That's pretty badass. I'd throw up. Well, he can deliver a baby, but he can't shoot a three-pointer. <laughs> yeah. So. You'd think after he, he got that baby, he'd learn how to, like, hold the basketball a little more, like, gently whenever he shoots it. But no, just throws that crap, chucks it. Next Houston Rocket on the list. Um, You guys tell me if you think this guy's even going to be available for the mid-level. Austin Rivers. No. 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 I don't think so. It costs too much. Moving on. I agree. So, yeah, let's just move on from him then. Not even talk about it. Uh, The next one. (laughs) No. This brings back shades of last summer. (laughs) Yeah, I'm in Jacob's basement, not my grandma. Yeah. We're currently operating on dial-up internet. Um, (laughs) Tyreek (laughs) Evans. He will be 30 years old, a 6'6", 220-pound um, wing. I think that's the only way can describe him. He handles the ball. He shoots yeah. a lot. He can't remember plays. Um, Tyreek is a career 32% three-point shooter. No. Uh, now, Oh, God, he only shoots 30% from the corners on his career. He shot 26% from the corners this year. What's his free throw percentage? And 26 from the corners last year. Uh, free throw percentage for his career, 76%. Okay, so here's hear me out. Okay. If you're trading Schroeder for like a wing, I wouldn't mind him being the backup point guard. It's an interesting thought. I'm that not, that was I'm, exactly what I was going to say. I'm That's not a big Tyreek fan. I, so I'm not a big like him, fan either, but he's, but, a, he's a good ball handler. He gets to the paint. Yeah, right. the, the stories I've heard of him uh, on, on teams... Uh, not memorizing plays, not just going out there and playing pickup every night, essentially. That's what Russ does. Um, that worries me with Tyreek. But yeah, but but Russ is also like future Hall of Famer. Tyreek is a dude that's bounced around the league. True. But he's also had a positive... rookie. Hey, rookie of the year. That's right. But he's also So, so a, is Michael Carter-Williams. He, he's, so. he's, he, he's known as a good player, though, right? Yeah, I think generally, yeah. Generally? He got rookie of the year and all rookie. Those are his uh, his highest calling cards that he's got during his career. Um, you know, I thought with Memphis especially, I he thought was, he was really good in New Orleans. Yeah, yeah, in New Orleans. Let's look here. With his three point percentage 80. in New Orleans wasn't great. Um, with Memphis last year, he shot forty percent from three. The year before that, in Sacramento. He shot. Oh, never mind. That's a really small sample size. He shot forty-four yeah. percent from three, but he only played fourteen games. It's just that 
what makes him very what makes him a commodity i think in today's nba is that he's a large wing player that he's a point forward he can play the point guard he can play the guard position when you need him to but he's versatile he's versatile he's not going to shoot the three ball so if you can like honestly get a forward that can defend bigs but also kick out to a legitimate wing that can shoot threes if if you're trading for Schroeder, it's not a bad idea, but I think he might be getting more than the MLE. I think he might get like seven mil. Yeah. How much did he make this year? Eleven? I think was that right? I think Twelve yeah. and a half. Yeah. yeah Jesus. Like that. That's it's a lot. That's Especially a lot. For... So I don't think he's gonna sign for the yeah, I don't price so that we'd be able to afford him. But I will say this, he seems like such an LA Lakers guy next year. That, that is does. true. That's I, so I don't know true. if you guys saw this. I saw this report today that apparently Lakers fans plan on meeting outside the Staples Center's Staples protest. Center tomorrow to protest. I love it. Protest going on what? strike. <laughs> the dumbassery that's going on in that organization for the past There's seven nothing years. Nothing to protest. Uh, that that team is Kyrie. Like I just said, was it before we were recording? Or while we were recording, it was before we were recording. Kyrie, like one of Kyrie's close friends, posts on his Instagram. That he was excited for next season, and it was a picture of it was a photoshopped picture of Kyrie and LeBron James in Lakers uniforms. It's interesting. Our next one, I think, is everyone uh, is the player that we all get a uh, a mile hard on for. Uh, he'll be thirty three years old whenever next season starts. Six five, two hundred twenty pound wing, Wesley Matthews. I mean, I like him, but he's not going to start. So, here's a good question. If you could get Wesley Matthews uh, on a three-year deal with your mid-level, you offer him the full mid-level, um, but the only way you get him on your team is you have to promise him the starting two-guard position. Do you do it? Mm. And you play mm, Ferg off the so bench. Hard. I mean, just being a starter doesn't say a whole lot because it's all about rotations and how many minutes. minutes you get in the long run. Like You can be a starter and only... I mean, we saw that in the playoffs with Ferg. Ferg started, and he ended up not getting near as many minutes as he did during the regular season. So, I mean, if you have to promise him he can start, sure, you'll start and play the first seven minutes of the first quarter, and then you'll get seven more minutes the entire rest of the game. Okay. Are you going to yeah. trade Andre Robertson? I mean, if you trade Dre, I think you I think you do pull the trigger on that because Ferg and, and Wes, I mean, they, they can take up a lot of those minutes. See who's who's taken Drake though. Somebody that's, needs that's to dump issue. salary for next season. Right. I, I yeah. think I, I agree with that. I think if somebody salary wants dump. to wants to get off long term money or whatever, but um, what do you get I, back I, in return? I, I think that number one, what do you get back in return? Number two, I think that's a lot more likely in February than it is in July. Boo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. And, and this summer, I would much rather ride with Dre and take the risk on seeing how he comes back than I would True. just dump dump him and get like a second round pick or somebody that's not going to contribute regardless. Yeah. And he shows that he can, he's back to normal or something with a different right. team. But, right. but I feel like Dre, I love Andre Robertson to death, but I feel like he compounds the issue of this team. Yeah. No shooting. Um, but what they do is they play, and you already they, have Hamadou Diallo now. What makes him special is that they play him offensively at the four yeah but on defense he can play one through four yep so like they they, they found ways as we saw in the and he's really really good in transition as, as we saw in in the warrior series where kevin durant pissed down his leg 
they found ways to make him extremely effective. They used him as the ball screener. Yes, you know, constantly. I mean, I mean, that's also when you had Kevin Durant and other shooters on the floor with like Serge Ibaka. So you still need shooters on the floor. So I mean, let's talk about Wes Matthews. Yeah, Uh, Stan Presti has been outwardly like even even talking with like other people that cover the Thunder. you know, like what he wants them to know that he targeted that yes, guy. Yes, like, and he even said it in media days. Mm-hmm. He's like, we, he's like, listen, damn it, we went after Wes Matthews. Okay? I mean, Paul George and Russell Westbrook called yeah. Wes, and he was like, oh, I'm just trying to get a bigger contract. So I think he's, I don't think he's going to be for the MLE because I don't think he wants more money. Yeah, and um, somebody's going to be dumb enough to pay him more money. I, it'd be interesting, especially with Indiana, because. When when Vic comes back, there's really no place for Michael Vic for West in Indiana. Um, yes, Jeff for the dogs. Wes Matthews, a 38 percent career three point shooter um, from the corners, he shoots 43 percent. I mean, he he is the prototypical what they need for this team. And I think Presti has long been kind of. Uh, one of those guys that Pretzi's targeted long-term. I think we've heard rumors that he was looking at him back when uh, he was looking to be traded from Portland and Dallas. And I think it's somebody that Pretzi's kind of had his eyes on for a while. He's yeah. often said within the organization that he is like a Thunder guy and he fits everything they want. I thought they sh- I wanted, I always wanted them to trade for him whenever he was with Portland with Batum and, when Batum and, and Aldridge yeah, and Rolo. Yeah. Okay, so we're currently at 47 minutes on the podcast, and we are maybe halfway through our list. So let's start burning through these next ones pretty quickly. Um, Next on the list is Garrett Temple. No. I mean, he kind of fits in the same category as Shumpert for me. Like, sure, if you're kind of look at the bottom of the barrel, uh, he's a body. (laughs) He's a solid wing, but he doesn't get me super excited. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, doesn't get me moving too much. Yeah. Nick, do you have an opinion on on Garrett? I like him. Uh, he he's a guy that I feel like could help, and I definitely trust him more than I do a guy like Diallo. That's fair. But I don't know. He's. Ugh. I think I would, he's at a, this he, point, I think I would pass. Yeah, he, it, it's another one of those guys. If it's him or nobody, I want him. But yeah. there's better guys out there. Okay, the next one, uh, I don't know if any of us think he's going to be available for the mid-level. I think the only way the Thunder can get him for the mid-level is if you promise him a starting position again. Um, but currently just ended his game, uh, Denny Green. Yes, give me oh, Denny yeah. Green. Give six, me. Six, oh, yeah. 215. I'd start oh, him Danny in a heartbeat. Uh, going to be 32 years old next season. A career, Jesus, 40% three-point shooter. He shot 45% from the three-point line. With the with the Raptors this season, oh, yeah, That's all of the Danny Green. <laughs> yeah, yep. uh, I I would offer him the starting two guard position to come to Oklahoma yeah. City and play Terrence Ferguson off the bench. Yep. And now, then and then you wake up because that's a dream. It's not happening. Yeah, yeah. he's not going to go for <laughs> the for the mid level. Next brain. one, another guy I don't think goes for the mid level. JJ Same Reddick. Situation. Yeah. Yep. Uh, no chance. On to the next one. I. Okay, we will. I just want to look up J.J. Reddick's numbers real quick just so I can get like a half chub. So it can be sad. Uh, 41% three-point shooter for his uh, career. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, this corner of three is going to... Jesus. Oh, I love how he comes off of picks and kind of does the pick yeah. and pop. 
Um, he's a guy that nobody, Formerly. you cannot leave him. And to have yep. him on the floor opens up everything so much more. Ultimate white guy game. Career. He's chasing guys, making run into screens. Yeah. I mean, he that's be really he, nice. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen 12, 13, 14. 15 seasons in the league. He is a 47% corner three-point shooter. Wow. You want to get even more excited? Literally knocked down. Want to get more excited? I'm ready. Look at his free throw percentage. Oh, God. I'm going to nuts. 99.9. <laughs> it's pretty close. Uh, free throw percentage, 89%. Wow. He, was, he led, he like, he's like, isn't he the all time leader of free throw percentage at Duke? Yeah. He was, he was like 98% or something yeah. like that. That's unreal. Um, so next if one. He, if he were, time out, if he were to take what we can offer him, it would be the lowest yearly salary he would have ever made yeah. outside of his rookie yep. scale. Yep. Like he, like, and and he hasn't. It. He's not like a guy that's slowed down either. Nope. And I don't. I don't know if you guys realize this. He's making twenty three yeah. million dollars yeah. on a one year deal. I, yeah. So I definitely don't think he gets anywhere in the ballpark of that next season. But I could see ten million for him. I uh, could see. I could see fourteen or fifteen. He's, he's gonna, a guy you you try to unload salaries for. He hasn't slowed down. He's he's gonna be thirty five years old, and he's never been a a good defender. But his shooting is. So invaluable. Oh, yeah. Okay, next guy. Hey, Thunder fans might not like me for this one. If, if oh, they I'm can trade right Dennis Schroeder for a wing. I like you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. If Dennis Schroeder can get, be traded for a wing, I am 150% on board with this, but you have to get Russell. What Russell Westbrook has to be the guy to call this guy in free agency is uh, Patrick Beverly. Yep. 6'1", 185 pounds. He'll be 31 years old next season. Uh, this season, he shot 40% from three on three and a half attempts a game. Last season, he shot... Oh, with the Clippers, sorry. With the Clippers last season, he shot 40% from three. He's a 38% career three-point shooter. What about from the corners? Let me look that up real quick. But what's interesting is... 39% th- corner three-point okay, shooter. Okay, so that's not bad. Oh, and, yeah. and another thing is that... He imitates Russ so much, even though he hates him. Like he says, like he Im- he does everything that Russell Westbrook does. So he's like emulating him at the same time as so much as he says he hates him. He 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 wants to be Russ. Let's be honest. Yeah. God, yeah. Do you know how much fun a lineup of Russ and Pat Bev on the floor would be. G. You know how many Ooh. technicals would be on God. the floor right now? They would fight so many people. Like he, in each they other. would give him that edge. Yeah, I'm, God, I'm with you. I I, I, I am. So Russ are has you, to be the guy to call him, though, right? Are you saying that Patrick oh, Beverly yeah. could be this 100%. team's Draymond Green? Yes, one hundred percent. Oh my God, dude, I I freaking hate Beverly, but I would love the shit out of him if he was on our team. Remember when I yep. created that Twitter poll that if you got enough likes or retweets, that you would go to the middle midcourt and drop kick Patrick Beverly in the chest? Yeah, it almost got there too, didn't it? <laughs> no, it did get there, and you didn't do it. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> didn't want to spend night in jail. Didn't want to get arrested. Uh, yeah. The most, the most money Chesapeake. that Pat Bev has ever made is $6.5 million with the Rockets in 15-16. Um, he's going to be a free agent. This year, he made right at the taxpayer MLE. Uh, at, at right That'd at $5 awesome. million. Just watching him D up KD in that first round, I mean, just started to kind of win me over a little bit, to be completely honest. I mean, just he has that dog in him. And I think, like you said, I mean, think of Pat Bev, Russ, PG, Jeremy, and shoot, even if like Dre's healthy, you just threw them out there as like a death lineup. 
That's like the most defensive, defensively versatile. Oh lineup shit, dude! Give me, give me a, crazy. a Pat Bev, Russ, Terrence Ferguson, Paul George, yeah. Jeremy Grant lineup. Oh yeah, that's true. You just dude, yeah, Ferguson, if, if, if you get Pat insane. Bev, you have to guarantee me you're trading. You're trading Andre Robertson, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, and that's you also have to get rid of because Pat I, Pat Bev can only play the one. Like he's six foot one, one hundred eighty five pounds. Like he can't consistently play any other position but the one. So Schroeder would have to be out the door for Patrick Beverly to come to this team. Yeah, I I love that idea though. Uh, next one, Wilson Chandler. He oh would, yeah, he would take the position uh, of of the Patrick Patterson, Markeith Morris spot. Um, anyone have thoughts on on old Willie Chili, Chili Willie? I mean, he he's good. He old. can play the three too. I I think he could be a guy that would essentially play the same minutes that Nader did last year. Yeah, six nine, two twenty. He he'll can, be thirty two years old next season. He can he he can play the three. He's a lot more versatile than some of these other guys that we're talking about. He he. I mean, he he can legitimately be a backup three. Yep. He played fifteen games for the Clippers after the trade. Um, averaged fifteen minutes a game. He played a lot more in in Philly. He is a career 34% three-point shooter, and from the corners, he shoots 37%. Tell me tell me what he shot from three on the uh, Sixers. For the Philadelphia 76ers, he shot from the three-point line 39% on three. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Not too awful. He's he's so slow, though. He's getting older, and he never plays a full season. Yeah, he's, he's definitely injury-prone. Another... Uh, power forward from the Clippers this season, Jamichael Green. I'm down with that. I like him. I do. I do like Green a lot. I've been I've been pretty high on this kid. He he'll be 29 next season. Six nine, two twenty five. So it's the exact same size as Wilson Chandler. Um, Jamichael Green shoots a career 37 percent from three. With with the Clippers, he shot 41 percent this year. Yeah. Uh, before that, when he was with Memphis, he was shooting 40 percent. The year before that, he shot 40 percent. So the past three seasons, sorry, uh, he shot 40% overall um, this season from three. And then from the corners, he shoots 40%. Because like the thing, the thing that OKC struggles with is duh, shooting, right? But here's, here's like the big issue is that they're still crowded in the front court. And they, they are eviscerated in the back court as far as like shooting guards and wings. Like, and I guess you could consider like the small forwards, the front court, but like, it's just like they've been eviscerated as far as like their wing depth between shooting guards and small forwards that can actually shoot. But you still have so many guys that are playing power forward, and you have, of course you have Steve and Nerland is probably on his way out. But like OKC is in the need for twos and threes, and like they can't be looking at and trying to sign guys that are fours and guys that are converted threes and fours. So like Wilson Chandler, he's gonna get cooked when he plays somebody like Harrison Barnes. Yep. And so, like, my issue with a lot of these guys that are off, that are fours, like, I like Jermichael Green and what he brings to the table. Jeremy Grant, you're going to play him at the three and put PG at the two in some lineups? Yeah, I don't see it. So, yeah, there's, like, He's, a lot of stretch. OKC needs stretch fours, but they also need just damn twos that can shoot the ball. Yeah, I agree. I feel like I feel like the, the stretch fours we've tried as of, re, as of late, you know, Mello, Patterson. Well, Jeremy Green's a stretch uh, four. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then like Morris, like they're not great rebounders. Jermichael Green is a great rebounder. Yeah. I think that's the place where Jeremy Grant can grow the most, most this summer is um, being a better rebounder. 
He's going to hit the gym and eat 10 steaks a day and come back looking like Surge. Okay, this next one, I know Nick's going to want to talk about this one for forever, but let's just hit a, <laughs> hit a quick yes-no on this one. Uh, Isaiah Thomas. Mm. My vote is no. Really? Yeah. The, the age and the size, he just doesn't fit what Oklahoma City that's, does. That's true. I, I think no also, but again, if he's one of those guys that's left over and you end up trading Schroeder you know, for some wings or something, you're in need of a backup point guard. If it's between he might him be a guy we're taking a gamble on. If it's between him and Felton, who are you choosing? I might. I, IT. Yeah, I might choose IT there. Okay, the yeah. I'm, okay I'm super biased because he's like my, my favorite player outside the Thunder. But if he's going to sign for the vet minimum again, why not? Yeah, for real. Yeah. Yeah. If it's between him and Felton, I choose IT 100% of the time because he can actually make shots. Yeah. Next one, Tabo Cephalosha. Uh, he's already 35. Um, he's he's an older dude. Obviously played for the Thunder before. He's he a career. wears like stylish shoes that aren't basketball shoes. He's a career 35% three-point shooter uh, from the corners. He shoots 38%. Um, I don't see the Thunder going with this strictly because... Even with Utah, Tabo could not get playoff minutes. Mm. Um, and and I think at this point in his career, he's probably more of a three than a, than a two. Um, mm. I wouldn't necessarily be against it. I just don't see the Thunder doing it. If it's between hit, signing him and Corey Brewer, who are you signing? Tabo. I think it's fair. Anybody else Agreed. have an opinion on Tabo? I, I mean, like, I, I don't like him, but if it's between him and Brewer or him like and nobody, or Singler I'll take him. or just like some rando, I'm taking him. All right, our next one is <coughs> if I can figure out how to spell his KCP Kentavious Caldwell Pope. Uh, he's been talked about a lot. He's only 26 years old, uh, 6'5, 200 pounds. Uh, Remember when we thought he had an ankle monitor while he was playing at Staples? Didn't somebody doctor that in like an ankle, like when he was in house arrest? Yeah, it's good God, stuff. That's good stuff. Uh, career thirty four percent three point shooter from the corners. He shoots forty percent from the three. From uh, the corners. Yep. So he, he he's an he's an interesting one. He's I think a guy that I would take strictly because he can handle the ball, and he's a two guard that has experience. And honestly, he's not he. He's not elite on defense, but he's definitely serviceable on defense. Yeah. He made $17.7 million two seasons ago. This Lakers. past season that just ended, he made $12 million. Um, will he be willing to go for the mid-level, or will somebody throw more money at him? Yeah, I think, he's, I think, I think fit-wise, he'd be great, but he definitely, like you said, seems like a money chaser. Taylor, any thoughts? Is he dead? Okay. Thanks for the input, Taylor. <laughs> uh, next one, Reggie Bullock. 28 years old, 6'7", no. 200 pounds. I just pounds. realized I was on mute. That's Jesus God. Christ, Taylor. <laughs> it's, it's, the, it's the Perry Jones yeah, podcast all over the again. the mic wasn't yeah, on. It really is. The mic wasn't um, on. Reggie Bullock shoots four, 39% from the three-point line. Um, from the corners, he shoots 44%. Um, he is a, a three slash can play a little bit of four. Um, this one intrigues me a little bit. It doesn't. You don't, me. you don't like him. It's another one of those no. three, four guys, man. And he can't play defense. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. He's, he's intriguing to me. He's not number one on my list by, by any stretch of the imagination, but, but he is intriguing. Yeah. He's a guy that I think 
just like you know KCP, I said he's a money guy. I think Bullock just wants to play. If you look at his last few years, I mean, he played 27 minutes a game or 28 minutes a game for the Pistons and then 28 minutes a game for the Lakers. I don't think he wants to be on a team where he's a, like a role player. I think he likes you know, getting out there and playing basketball and getting those minutes, and he's not going to get that here. He's got a crappy haircut, too. I like it. <laughs> it does. I like it. Uh, okay, next one, Mario Hazonia. No. Let him play point guard. Triple double machine. Mario Hazonia shoots twenty nine percent from the corners. No. Didn't he like disrespect LeBron and step over him the other day or something like that? Yeah. Okay, I'm about that, but no. <laughs> um, all right. Next one. Michael Scott from the office. <laughs> I do kinda of, Scott's had a pretty good playoffs. He's been pretty when he's healthy, he's been pretty good for the Sixers. I like Mike Scott, but you gotta clear out that front court. Patrick Patterson's yes. gotta be gone. He's yeah. just another. He's another Wilson Chandler to me. I he'd be great, but I think there's better guys out there. You could play yep. him. You could play Mike Scott up small ball five. Honestly, six eight two forty. Yeah, you probably could. Um, he is a career thirty six percent three point shooter. Um, I'd rather have Keith from the corners. He's thirty seven percent. I would too. Look at, what, what about the latest seasons? He's been getting. He he didn't start out shooting three pointers. Yeah, let me look real quick. Um, with Philly this year, he's shot forty one percent from three. Okay. When he See. was with the Clippers, he shot thirty nine percent. The year before better. with Washington, forty percent. The year before that with Atlanta, eighteen games, fourteen uh, percent. Uh, that's the only really bad percentage year he had. So basically, from when he started to when he started getting reps in. Yeah, yeah. Like he's he'd be a perfect small ball five. Okay, I'm gonna skip through some of these other ones. Um, let let's do just yes no on the next the next four. Uh, the next one is Anthony Tolliver. No, I think he's probably too no. old. Old. Yeah. Nope. Uh, after that, Derek Rose. No. I didn't know. Yeah. I think it's too big. Wow, yeah. I don't think he gets. I think he gets a little more than the MLE. Why? Yes. I think he'll get hurt again. Nick said yes. I mean, he gets buck. He gets buckets. He does. Russ gets he, buckets. He'll play. Derrick Rose has developed a much better three-point shot over the past couple of years. He's terrified to drive the lane. Yeah. Uh, Darius Miller. Nah. It's a no, no. for me, dog. Okay. Uh, Will this guy make more than the MLE? Seth Curry. Yes, these can't. Yes, can't afford him. I think he will too. I, but I, I think, take I, him for sure. Yeah, I think this year he's he's made he's earned himself more. Uh, Jamal Crawford. Nope. He's I think too he's too old. old. In defense, sucks. I'd take him. I'd take him. <laughs> hey, he's just any Nick will take man. anybody, man. Hey, how about <laughs> would, how about this? How about JJ Barea? Oh no, no <laughs> hobbits. Get your ass to Mordor, buddy. Okay. 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 <laughs> Um, okay, this one, these last few, I'm really intrigued in. So let's let's spend some time chatting on them. Rodney Hood, he's gonna make too much. I money. I really like Rodney. I think I think Portland will pay him a little bit more, especially with his playoffs. Six eight, two hundred pounds. He's pretty versatile. Yeah. He can play like two through four. Uh, he's a career thirty seven percent three point shooter uh, from the corners. He shoots thirty nine percent. I like Rodney Hood. Um, but I, I'm with you guys. I think we're he makes hood, too much money. Hood, we're the hood. And... Yeah, I don't. I don't have. His God, how awesome would it be if we got Rodney Hood and then every time he made a free throw, that's the song they played. What a hood! What a hood! What a hood! At. I don't. I don't have his stats in front of me, but before he got traded to Cleveland and then the whole you know Portland thing, 
yeah. he was consistently scoring 17 points a game. Getting bucket um, With Utah, his points per game, 17, <laughs> 13, 14, and 9. And then he got traded to the Cavs. With Cleveland, 10 points, 12 points, and then Portland, 10 points. And then He's he, a bucket getter. He career 13 points a game on 10 field goal attempts a game. How many assists? Uh, he career he averages two. Okay, I'm not, and that's pretty consistent throughout his entire career. Yeah, it's not bad then. I'm about that. Um. Okay. Next one, Alec Burks. Any thoughts on Alec Burks? Inconsistency is the name of the game there. Um. But if it's up to if it's like literally anybody. And OKC, it's between him and Nader. I'm taking Alec, Bur- Alec Burks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Nick, do you have an opinion on this at all? I can't make an educated enough opinion. I haven't watched him play a whole lot um, outside of you know his stats. I don't. I haven't seen him play on the floor, so I I don't know about him to be honest. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, this next one, I'm interested to see if you guys think he he goes for the mid level or more. Um, Rudy Gay. Remember when OKC gave him like his own like locker etched, sketched like etched locker right next to Ennis Cantor and Cantor like posted it and people were like oh god Rudy Gay signing it yeah, it was just part of the it pitch. was just part of a pitch and part of the ploy and he signed for way more than what we could give him yeah I think that's why he didn't sign with Oklahoma City because he wanted more money um, he made ten million dollars this season with the Spurs yeah I, I think he's gonna make somewhere around eight to ten yeah I don't think he's gonna be available. Nick, any thoughts on Rudy Even Gay? Though I'd love him. In I love, yeah. love Rudy Gay. Yeah. But yeah, I, I agree. I don't think we're going to be able to snatch him up for the price we're able to offer. This next one I find really fascinating. I haven't decided if I think he'll be available uh, at that Where's price he at yet. right now? Is Phoenix? Who? Ariza. Ariza is with Washington. Remember, he got traded to Washington oh, in the Ubre deal. That's right. That's right. Uh, Trevor Ariza will be 34 years old at the start of next season. 6'8", 215, can play two through four. Uh, a career 35% three-point shooter. If you look at the corners, a career 40% three-point shooter. To me, he is such a good fit for what this team wants to do. Uh, however, Phoenix gave him $15 million this past season. Um, besides that, previously 7.4, 7. 7.8, 8.1, 8.5, 7.7, 7.2. But how old is he? How old is he? he he's going to be 34th starting next okay. year. So you say, hey, listen, this is, this is your pitch because he'd be a perfect fit on OKC. He's a 3 and D guy that can also kind of handle the ball a little bit when mm-hmm. you need him to. He can, he can attack closeouts. And basically, you're like, hey, bro, you've been in Phoenix, you've been in Washington, and that crap has been di- in disarray. You are like a perfect three and D wing that OKC has been needing to be back into like not just playoff contention because OKC is going to make the playoffs without you, with or without you, but to take that next step as far as three and D, and you're going to get playoff minutes. You could have a chance at like you know like with Golden State with their impending implosion this year, you know you could have a chance at a Western Conference Finals going forward and getting lots of playoff minutes contingent upon like your role in the team. I think he'd be a great fit. Do I think is he is it possible he gets does he take less money? I don't know. Yeah. And I think for him role would also be big. I right? think I think they would promise him twenty something minutes a game. So do I. Nick, do you have an opinion on, on Trevor Ariza? 
I'd love him, but I I feel like other teams could give him the same pitch. Like, hey, you could play 20 minutes a game and be a contender, and we can offer you more money than they can. Yeah, yeah. I, I think mid-level might actually be in play for him. Uh, okay, we've been going a, an hour and 10 minutes. Here is the last guy on our list. Also a former Thunderer. And this, I'm going to tell you guys, this might be my favorite name on the list. I find this one really intriguing. Uh, Jeff Green, 6'9", 240. Nice. I think you can bring in Jeff Green as what I talked about earlier with Markeith Morris. He can be your backup 4-5, mm-hmm. and, and your front court is essentially Jeremy Grant, Stephen Adams, Jeff Green. And they all two of those three are always on the court together. Uh, Jeff Green, career 33% three-point shooter. What about lately? Um, with Washington this year, he shot 35%. Um, corners. And then for the cor- in the corners for his career, he's a 38% three-point shooter. That. that number is pretty consistent. So uh, what it's mo- what's most intriguing to me with him is the fact that you could run him and Grant as basically small ball 4-5, and, and it gets really interesting. Except you couldn't rebound the ball for shit. Um, Jeff Green will be 33 years old at the start of next season. So, first of all, you said he was 6'9", right? Yeah. Do nice. you like the artist 6'9"? No. Oh, okay. he, Jeff Green averages four <laughs> rebounds a game. Four and a half rebounds He's a game. He's not a good rebounder. Yeah, neither that is front, Grant. That front court would be decimated, but at the same time, you have the best rebounding point guard in the history of the league on yeah. your team. So that would require more dirty work by Paul and Russ. Yep. I find this one fascinating. This, honestly, as far as fit, as far as just cost, bringing, th- this one intrigues me maybe the most of everyone we've talked about. Just bringing him back into OKC, he knows the culture. Bringing him back with Russ and PG, he's familiar with a lot of the guys there. And if you're having him play small ball four and five off the bench, I'm not going to complain because he's athletic, he can run, he can shoot corner threes. Um, does he give up some? Does he give up some stuff regarding like you know rebounds? Yes, that's probably why you can't play him as small ball five a lot. You'll probably have to have an actual five in there, like a Tyson Chandler, who's I think a free agent. Um, so he would probably run a small ball four a lot. Yeah, I Nick, what do you think about this one? I like Jeff Green a lot. Um, he's definitely a guy that fits our fits our team, fits the budget. Um, Let me look at salary for him real quick. Go ahead and keep talking, Nick. I mean, he's another guy that he we we could definitely sign him. He would definitely fit. He would get the minutes. He's in the salary range, but there's a lot of other teams that could make the same pitch we could. Yeah, I totally forgot. In 2016-17, he played for the Orlando Magic and made $15 million. I, tot- I do not I, remember that. I totally forgot about that. Past two seasons with Cleveland and then with the Wizards, he's made the minimum veteran minimum. Um, huh. This is maybe my favorite one. Uh, I really like Jeff Green. So out of everyone we've talked about today, uh, if the Thunder are able to use their mid-level exception to go out and get one of these guys, who is is your number one on your list? Are you talking about realistic targets? Yes, realistic targets with the mid-level uh, who do you like the most? We'll start with Kamiar. Oh, thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, if this is realistic, I mean, I'll go with two. One is like a stretch realistic, and one is like real, really, really realistic. Okay. Stretch realistic, I want Trevor Ariza. More realistic than anything else, uh, give me Wayne Ellington. Okay. Nick? I honestly, I love Rodney Hood. 
and I know that his production's been down since he's been bouncing around, which it's it's tough to you know, bounce around teams and get traded a bunch and find a role. So I think a full season with the Thunder, he would thrive. So I would say him if, if there's anybody. Okay. Mine are for the mid-level exception. Uh, my number one pick is Wes Matthews. My number two pick is Trevor Reza. And then for the veteran minimum, since he's already taken it two years in a row, uh, my number one is Jeff Green. If this team could no Jared add... Dudley. No Jared Dudley. If this team could add Wes Matthews and Jeff Green, um, just my God, I would your your, your bench unit being like a Schroeder, a Ferguson, a Diallo, and a and a Jeff Green, like sign me the hell up. They run a lot. And then your starting would be like your starting unit would be Russ, Wes Matthews, PG, Grant Adams. Like that is a that is a really, really good 10 deep. Um, I'd be really excited about that. So uh, any thoughts before we get out of here? I don't want to keep our listeners too long since we've already been going for an hour and 15 minutes. Uh, thoughts are PG's video of him doing rehab is up on Twitter, and I'm really sad. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, it's he was high AF. We didn't even talk about the injuries. It's him lifting his arm very slowly in rehab. Yeah, so he's already had the, the partial ligament tear done and then now he's waiting to get the labrum repaired. God, Jesus Christ. So that's shoulder soreness. That man was beat up. Nick, any parting thoughts before we get out of here? Two words. Swaggy P. God dang it. Thanks right. for listening to our podcast. Turn that sound on. Hey, make sure you go follow us on Twitter at the underscore uncontested. Subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. We will be back with you guys soon. We're going to have a lot of draft coverage coming up because the draft is a month and 10 days away. Are we also going to have beer on draft? Have what? Draft a beer. Oh, uh, you guys can. I don't drink beer. Uh, I'll drink root beer. Okay. Uh, bye. IBC. I love IBC. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.